0: This podcast is about learning to grow, challenging my notions of philosophy, psychology, government, money, and power. Join me as I interview people with controversial ideas and lifestyles, and decide for yourself what you believe in. My name is Greg, and this is Contra. This week's guest is Alicia Almeida. We delve into her experiences working with troubled youth And talk about some of the different social pressures and contradictory expectations placed on modern men and women. Alicia has been a very interesting person to get to know. I've learned a lot from her about compassion and come to believe she's deeply integrated some of the most powerful aspects of her feminine self. I hope you can take away something from our conversation. Hey, Alicia, welcome to the podcast.
1: Hey, Greg, how's it going?
0: <laughs> yeah, very good. Um, so, yeah, we just had like a two-hour conversation before this. But, uh, but yeah, there's actually a couple of specific things I wanted to kind of ask you about. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I've only talked to you a couple of times, but we're both super interested in the idea of consciousness. Um, and the last podcast I had, I talked a lot about like physical practices. So I thought it'd be like really suiting to have one where we go, you know, the complete opposite end of that really talk about like book consciousness and the way it's formed so mm-hmm. you know interesting you know you specifically like because i talked to a lot of people about these ideas but because you have that insight into youth mm-hmm. when, when we were chatting and i mm-hmm. realized you were a youth worker mm-hmm. that's when i was like oh this would be a really cool person to have that chat with mm-hmm. um because that's kind of an area of my life where i i don't have any expertise i have some ideas i'm always leery to uh to tell people about them. Cause if people get offended, if you mention anything about parenting and you're not actually a parent, right? Like the whole, like, I'm a mom, therefore I'm an expert mom.
2: It's yeah, like, yeah. well,
0: I think there's a <laughs> spectrum of competence for everything, yeah, but yeah. But yeah. So anyway, um, yeah. Um, can you, can you tell me a little bit about what you do um, or what you did mm-hmm. um, when you were working with youth?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, yeah. Uh, in terms of consciousness and youth, um, I find personality is one of the, the biggest ones that I kind of get first when I yeah. meet a youth um, and um, and I like them because they're really honest so the honesty perspective the honesty part of their personality helps me get closest to understanding more of their consciousness
2: okay know? yeah
1: um, so uh, we when we meet people uh, we meet them with different masks or layers uh, and with youth the fascinating part about working with that cohort group is that um, there's not very many layers because um, mm. they just don't know how to bullshit <laughs> yeah, yeah, <totally. laughs> right yeah, So yeah. Um, so you meet you meet a lot of young people that um, you know you, you're able to see more of who they are and they're um, you know you you, you could take some time getting to know them and and building relationships, but you get to to feel the essence of who they are, I find.
0: Yeah, that's funny because I almost think that it's it's like a a, a bell curve is actually the wrong. Word wrong thing but that it's you know you have that authentic self when you're young because you don't have the skill to cover it up mm-hmm. then you gain the skills to hide it mm-hmm. and later if you're if you reach this point in your life you try to start peeling back those layers yeah. to really expose who you are and it's something over the last few years I've really like, deliberately tried to cultivate is conversations with people where I'm not just interacting with a mask like I'm not just interacting with their projection of who, Mm-hmm. What they want to be perceived as, yeah, because I've definitely been guilty of that, I mean, you know, yeah, we all are. Yeah,
1: we all are. I think I think our our society builds us up as uh, you know we we're, we're um, I think in some ways I personally have uh, a pers- have had a perception of what it is to be um, a girl, a woman, um, uh, this worker, or um, you know we have ideas of of how it is that we're meant to be. Mm-hmm. And and it, it has taken me, you know, I've, I've had the same kind of journey where I've had to peel back the layers to find out who I am. And um, yeah. working with youth uh, have definitely helped me in that in that way, you mm-hmm. know, because uh, if they see it, they call it out. You know, I mean, I can't go through. It say for instance i'm having one of like days that every human has where where it's not very it's not my my most highest day i I'm, maybe i'm i'm having an okay day or, or perhaps it's the weather's not that great outside and i'm having a little bit more of a you may say a sad day and i am yeah. going to pick up one of my youth well they can tell <laughs> you know they can tell it's like why are you why are you like that right so mm. What I'm trying to say is that they, they can pick it up, and so you they, they, they call you to be more of who you are, you right, know, and yeah. that's that's been why but you think
0: like adults could pick it up, but they just would not be don't think yeah i don't think, to, uh, I, yeah, I, I, don't think
1: I think adults have a, have a certain way of speaking or uh, that's acceptable in our society, whereas uh you don't call it the obvious obvious genius like you know you you don't you 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 get taught that that that's not the kindest way to to do or maybe you shouldn't say that and you know depending on the certain family structure that you're in um you know certain things get taught out of you or or encouraged you know so hoping that you meet the right people along the way that encourage the right authenticity that's when you will stay authentic right
0: yeah and i I do see like you know society is in a is by its nature it's kind of it's an oppressive force but mm-hmm. i also don't think it's all it's necessarily bad to be like you know manipulated in that way mm-hmm. necessarily mm-hmm. i think it's a necessary evil mm-hmm. in that like if you want to be a, the most creative chef mm-hmm. out there mm-hmm. you know the path is not just to start messing around in the kitchen mm-hmm. you and just like oh i just want to be myself it's like well you suck at cooking, (laughs) you know, like you Mm -hmm, need to, you -hmm. need to study and like get really good at French cooking, like proper French cooking. And then once you've earned the right, like, you know, once you've earned it, then you can start experimenting, then you can start expressing, then it opens you up. Like, you know, you have to become an expert at yoga before you can start inventing your own moves because right. nobody's going to do great yoga because right. it's just bullshit <laughs> right like yeah
1: right and i and i'm in agreement i think um the structure is important and and so that's why i think it, when we come to if i have to come back to talking about youth it's yeah. it's but how can you provide some sort of structure because they are wanting structure i think mm-hmm. as humans we crave some sort of structure uh, in my experience um, but at the same time, you want to preserve authenticity and honesty, you know yeah. so it's 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 a fine dance of how to do that and and how to hold that, you know, because you don't want um, I, I think young people are are more wanting to fit in and um, more wanting to be accepted uh, you know And mm. so how can they preserve their uniqueness yet also, uh, coexist, integrate, be in community, be with others, and yeah. how to do that, you know. So, can you dial back the honesty just a tiny bit? You don't have to tell that person you don't like their shirt, you know. Like, mm. y- you don't have to tell that person well you don't you disagree with your agreement, or disagree with their statement. With so, like, how can you do it in a kinder of way, you know? Yeah.
0: How you don't you... have to be vehement. To yeah, yeah,
1: and like, how can you have a little bit more compassion for somebody and mm-hmm. and try and understand them versus um. Just get to that point where you, you you know you you can't see eye to eye. So yeah. teaching those kind of skills and and teaching people to see who they are and preserve their uniqueness, and not look for uh, constant reassurance between who you are and who the person beside you is. You know.
0: Yeah. Um, well, I like what you said there about kind of criticizing like pointing out the flaw in another Mm -hmm. but doing it with compassion Mm -hmm. i think you know what Mm -hmm. a symptom of in our like in our kind of university culture which is kind of representative of our you know up-and-coming youths and Mm -hmm. positions of authority Mm -hmm. you see them call like doing these big call-outs but there's no attempt at compassion Mm. there's no attempt at understanding right it's purely just like on the attack Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i feel like yeah that's that's representative you know the opposite extreme of what you're talking about like Mm -hmm. It's not like let's understand what a Donald Trump supporter is, you know, going through and, yeah. you know, why they're hurting and why they feel the need to get this, you know, obviously mentally ill man like in charge. Like it's just a it's just like a hatred. And I think that's like a childish regression almost.
1: Yeah, I think it is. And I think uh, that's um, that's because of the, the sh- I mean, I, I it's the shadow, right? It's the part of us that we don't want to see. And um, if 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 you heard of this, if you spot it, you got it, you know. Hmm. So if you sp- 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 if you spot it in somebody, chances are you embody that quality oh, in some way. Yeah, yeah. That's why it just it it makes you edgy, or you know, it makes you you know have that adverse reaction. Yeah. And can you see if you start to see the parts of you that are bothered by the parts of another, like if their anger or frustration or the way they if that bothers us in some way, like, how can I see, is that something that I embody? And if yeah. I have that quality, it's only from there that I can have compassion. Because compassion can develop if you don't, ha- you know, have been through that circumstance. Right. Right. Yeah. And I, I, I think you they're yeah. young enough that they're, um, to, to take on another's perspective like that. It takes a little bit of like practice, you yeah. know?
0: Cause like, I can see that. Yeah. Like so you're saying, you're saying basically that compassion is kind of a type of empathy yeah and to yeah. empathize with somebody like to empathize with them, say a man who is like very angry mm-hmm. you have to recognize the times that you've been irrationally angry mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then have compassion even if you feel like hey this is just an irrationally angry jerk and I hate mm-hmm, him mm-hmm. It's like well you know what you've been there too yeah and <laughs> yeah. I think
1: I think that changes the way you react I mean you go from lashing out to perhaps Setting a very firm boundary and how you would then converse with them would be different, right? Mm-hmm. And so I think youth are, have, they experience things quite, uh, how would I say, deeply, you know? Everything yeah. is very uh, expensive. Their emotions are very expensive at that age, you know? And y- you, you like, Prior to being eighteen, you were seventeen, sixteen, fifteen, fourteen. You know, yeah. And so, there's not very many years that you can kind of fall back on in terms of experience. You know, so they're still learning about these different emotions. They're still learning how it how it feels within them and how to navigate them. So it's, yeah, it's an, yeah. They're an interesting group to work with and fascinating. I've I've learned so much. You know, yeah. There's so much of the what you say, the peeling back of the layers you know
0: have you tried to create the conditions to like to foster that honesty mm. while also kind of you know repressing that uh like the more nefarious aspects of people's mm-hmm. personality
1: mm-hmm. so i think it, it it it, like vulnerability is is a huge factor i think i um i i offer in my in the way i look at, an, at a client is always with compassion and um and I, there are some things that I have to reveal about myself in order to get to be able to work from that space of, mm. you know, um, yeah. That if I offer something that I'm vulnerable in or um, a s- story of my life, you know, yeah. that that I went through, chances are they're going to open up to me and present that authentic true self that I'm yeah. really wanting to work with that's that's the core you know
0: yeah you know what and i feel like a lot of people because sometimes youth aren't as they're not as sophisticated as an older person Mm -hmm. because they don't have those layers of experience but we're all very good at detecting bullshit (laughs) at every age and if you were trying to bullshit that authentic you're like hey bro i've been there and (laughs) you know throw your hat sideways and hike your pants down and just kind of like pretend you're like i was where you're at and like not give the real, authentic pain you felt as youth. They would sniff that shit out yeah, instantly. Instantly. Yeah. And there
1: are some times that you know the youth that I've worked with have experienced much more than I have mm. in so many ways. Their oh, life yeah, has been so different, yeah. and so I I cannot relate. And I say that like I mean I haven't had this experience, but this is the experience that I have had, and this is what I have gathered. And your experience is going to be your own.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But what can you what you can what can you gather from it? like yeah you know um and and you know th- th- i work with certain tenants i mean certain things that i i'm i'm big about is awareness responsibility and um honesty you know okay. if if they can you know i encourage those three things in, in the work that i do and for for each client to meet me halfway and, and yeah they've I've, I've had the you know honor to work with some really interesting humans and and um each of them have their own unique expression you know and that's the fascinating part is that we all are unique in our own ways and uh i think in 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 so many ways i think um we can learn a lot from youth that that group of people yeah you know because they're they're um uh, they, f- I think that fierce is definitely one. They're very opinionated mm-hmm. and, and they're still at that point where they haven't been. They haven't been, like, you know, depending. They, they, they've been influenced, yes, but they still have. Um, they're still looking for self expression. They're looking for self identity.
0: Yeah. They're
1: still at the forming stages of life, mm-hmm. you know, and, and they are the future
0: of our society. I mean, well, we were talking before, we're both still you know, at the forming stages of our, <laughs> of our lives, for sure. I think, you know, the second yeah. the second you say, well, whether it's one particular aspect or life in general, that, mm-hmm. hey, I'm a master of this, mm-hmm. that's, you know, when I think you, you really need to do a gut check, right? Like yeah. the person who's a perpetual student
2: mm-hmm.
0: is the real master. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I love when I talk to somebody that's, you know, been doing something for 30 years. And they just have a real humble mm-hmm. way about it.
2: Mm-hmm. Um,
0: I don't have that, but, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah,
1: yeah, I, mm, yeah, yeah, student for sure. You're always, I think, you're always a student teaching the things that you've learned. You know, you're always on a spectrum of a student. I don't know. It's my yeah.
0: perception. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um. So what's the what's the youngest uh, people you've worked with?
1: Mm-hmm. Um, my youngest has been thirteen.
0: Okay, yeah. So it's you're really well. Not that trouble can't hit at any age, but mm-hmm. it's really people that have gone through trauma mm-hmm. of some sort yeah. uh, reacting to that.
1: Yeah. Oh, I, my thirteen. The thirteen year olds that I I meet are mostly struggling with like social skills at school. Um, Trying to find their voice, or they're struggling with attending. So,
0: so not all of them have gone through mm, trauma necessarily. Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, they've they've had certain things that have happened in their life that influences those aspects of like not going. Like you know, it's never I'm not going to school because I just don't want to go. Right? It's it's yeah. it's layered, and and um, you gotta build a relationship in order to figure out what are the layers underneath that, and and what why, you know.
2: Hmm.
0: Um, and this this idea that you put forth is revealing something a vulnerability mm, that you have mm-hmm. is it always like something personal and painful or could it be something personal and joyful or like what do you find um, makes people open fastest
1: um it's it's always i think um so i i, I it comes up in a conversation so i'd be I'd be having a conversation with them and they share an experience and then an experience of my own would come to mind. And I find that my, the experiences I usually share are, they have some sort of humor to it in the end, yeah. you know, uh, and, or they are, they're deep in their, their inside They have some sort of insight, um, yeah. you know, some sort of takings if they'd like to take the takings from them, you know, mm-hmm. um, but that's the, that's the way that I usually present it. So like, you know, th- because it, we want to bond on some sort of similarity. Yeah. You know, if, if we can find, as I think the way humans connect is like, hey, you do this, I do this too. So that's like, oh, cool. So I could trust this human now. And and that's like, like some deep relationship building, you know, but yeah. if, so you're looking for similarities, they are looking to see whether they can, can I identify with this person? Can I relate this? Is there any sort of relatability? Yeah. You know?
0: And I like that. I think that relatability comes down to storytelling. And I think that's a mm. really good strategy. Something mm-hmm. I learned from my grandfather
2: because
0: mm. it's so easy to lecture somebody yeah. on how they should be doing, like yeah. living their life. Yeah. And it's almost impossible. Mm-hmm. Like data should be compelling. Like mm-hmm. if you if you see that like, oh, hey, 80, I don't, I'm just making this up, but let's say 80 yeah. percent of, you know, teenagers that are, that are killed are killed in a drunk driving accident it doesn't actually make you that much like less likely to drink and drive it should like that should be the most compelling mm-hmm. thing whereas instead if you actually relay some anecdote about how you had a friend that got drunk yeah and, and drove and they truly relate with that character yeah. that's what's compelling
2: yeah
0: um, because yeah. they can emotionally yeah. put themselves in that position like empathy We've mm-hmm. talked about before
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah and also deep care and love right like you have to they need to understand that you care about them and um i mean i've do you worked, ever have a, oh, a client yeah.
0: that you don't care about? Have you ever had somebody that you're just like, fuck this guy? <laughs> no. <laughs> really? I, it's,
1: yeah, no. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, most of the clients that I get, I think I think the one thing that you need to have, I would say, and I, I don't mind saying this, it, you need to have heart to do this job. Sure. It's, a heart, it's a heart job. It's not like, you know, if you're doing physical labor, you're using your body, mm-hmm. and this this job requires i find you
0: know so you've always like somebody no matter how much of a bad actor they're being mm
1: -hmm.
0: you you've always been able to empathize with like the Mm -hmm. part about them that you respect Mm -hmm. and like or love
1: Mm -hmm. because it's i think uh what i've found is that humans don't love themselves you know okay what i mean by that is I've I've played a lot of hardball. <laughs> and with and yourself? and with youth. Okay. With youth and and probably with myself if I have to be honest. Um, it takes a while for um these 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 relationships to be built in this way that um they, they they challenge you. You know, they're challenging. Everybody wants to show you all the parts that they don't think are lovable first.
0: Yeah, yeah, okay. You know.
1: And that's what I mean by hardball. It's like these are the things that I did wrong. Uh, that's bad, right? Like that's what I usually get. It's like this is the way I fucked up. Uh, it's bad, right? Like, and, I, and they look at me like it's, I didn't do. I didn't do something like it's, it's horrible. And I'm like, yeah, it is. But you know, or you know, let's have this conversation when you're in a different space because it's it's there's a lot of pushing boundaries. There's a lot of like. I'm going to, I'm going to test to see if this person's going to still be around if I do this, if I do this. And yeah, you know, so. especially
0: because they probably have their own abandonment issues. Right. A lot of these kids. Right. Right.
1: right. And so mm-hmm. I've learned a lot about myself and, you know, doing the work with myself allows me to go do this work with, with other humans. Mm-hmm. You know? uh, Cause you can't do this work without not doing the work for yourself you know yeah. like you can't go to these spaces I mean you can but you end up taking it personally and it's not a personal thing to take
0: yeah well I find it funny that yeah. kind of abandonment thing with with mm-hmm. youth mm-hmm. that they they almost the thing that we fear the most we if we haven't dealt with it we we actively are agents working. <laughs> to bring it about in our own lives oh yeah you know if you haven't come to terms with that it's like that Jungian idea coming terms Mm -hmm. the shadow right like Mm -hmm. knowing the worst parts about yourself allows you to like understand them and avoid them whereas if you think that you're not whatever you know whatever negative personality trait yeah you know then you're actually going to act that out because you haven't come to terms that it exists within your yeah consciousness
1: yeah, it's it's fascinating. I mean, understanding our shadow is is the way we 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 will embrace our light. You know, um, you, you gotta i get intimate with it. You know, figure out what parts of it they you see yourself in there. Yeah, you know? and then you you understand where you the essence of you the true essence of your heart is yeah. light, but that takes some journey. You know. Yeah.
0: Um, so these kids that are hmm. kind of trying to push you away mm-hmm. trying to by you know giving the examples of the negative things they've done is it once you get to the core of it, mm-hmm. do most of them want to get better mm-hmm. like do they want mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. i don't mean just i guess i mean like fit into society because you know not to imply like mm-hmm. you know maybe mm-hmm. maybe the best path for them is to go live at some surf camp and be a beach mom and totally exit from society but right. do most of them want to at their core, adapt and, like, fit in.
1: Yes, I find that um, the youth that I work with are the misfits, you know. They're yeah. looking to, they're trying to fit in and they don't fit in and they don't know how to fit in. They don't know how to take the personalities that they have or whatever labels that they've been given, mm-hmm. um, either in the form of a mental illness or some somehow something. They don't know how to use those things and make themselves fit in. Yeah. You know, and that's exciting to me when I get, I mean, in this way I say it's exciting because it, it, permission, you know, you're looking for, well, how do I be this and still exist? Like, how do I hold a job? Um, How do I build relationships with other humans? How do I do this thing called life and still be who I am? You know, mm-hmm. and so it it takes a little bit of... No, you don't have to drop everything about who you are in order to integrate and and be among our functioning citizens of society. No, you don't.
0: How do you drop some?
1: Yeah, you got and you got to get honest about some, right? Like maybe not all my youth are going to go through university. You know, Um, maybe um, yeah. And and what is I? I don't push for one way to for them to be. I just. I kind of open up my palm and I'm just like, well, who is it that you desire to be? Yeah. I ask questions like, you know, I, I spend time asking them about their dreams and and holding that up when they're in these spaces of, um, of deep sadness, so yeah. that they can aspire to get there, right?
0: Yeah. So they actually articulate what it is they yeah, want.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it's, I think my job ends up being holding up that dream to them. So that they can keep moving through these these trials in their life, because humans we we go through different. We're going through the wave. We're going through different emotions. We have different obstacles. We have different things in our lives that we're learning, right? And so, just to have somebody that's just going to hold, hold something for you, it's a great service because you basically
0: pick up their own dream and hold it up as a beacon. Yeah, that's it. Rather than that's it. Whereas, you know, the, you know, more typical thing, I'm I'm curious, actually, if this is what approach is more popular in mm-hmm. your field, mm-hmm. would the typical approach just be like, here's your dream, mm-hmm. it's to go to university to mm-hmm. get a nine to five, and, mm-hmm. and this is and then try to motivate them with right? this thing that they right. never even asked for. Right.
1: And see, that's, that's, I think, a, a difference, because I think that somehow gets put into our culture and into our school systems. And, you know yeah. it's it's an embedded way of being and and yeah, i think yeah. i think that creates what i what i end up getting as clients are the outliers what i'm calling the the, the non-fit the non-fitting <laughs> in individuals you know that, yeah, that and yeah. they, they they're very aware of that fact that they don't right but they're wanting to and so how do how do you bridge that gap and permission first, you know, okay, well, what is it that you desire to do? What do you want to start doing? Like what are the some of the characteristics of who you are, which is okay, you're really what are your strengths? Okay, you're a hard worker, you know, you you want to do physical labor. Okay, we'll get you into something like this. And then, you know, your job becomes your motivator. Yeah. Regardless of the fact that you have, you know, you're struggling with depression, you're struggling with an addiction or whatever it may be. Like, you're able to focus on your uh, on your job because you've now found something that gives you meaning so how do you help someone find meaning in their life because mm-hmm. we we all seek meaning
0: for sure yeah I, I totally agree I think there's that kind of modern new agey mm-hmm. like happiness seeking mm-hmm. thing and I, I think everybody a lot of people have that, like, mm-hmm. oh, of course, you just want to be as happy as possible. It's like, well, that's, I think, I think that's a relatively new idea. Mm-hmm. I don't think, you know, our grandparents and no, like human, generations of humans, like we're just saying like, well, you just want to be as happy as possible. And that's obviously the key to life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't think we should be so flippant with like accepting that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like that. I mean, we both listened to Jordan Peterson. So <laughs> we, yeah. You know, or are I don't know if biased is the right word, but mm-hmm. we have that idea incepted. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I think I think that's great. And I think our society actually gets gets a hit. That there's things like this where you know there's kind of that obvious path where people are kind of funneled into. Mm-hmm. But I think the great thing about especially Canadian society is that we have all sorts of spaces for people. Right. You know, there's so many different ways. you can fit into society now some concessions are necessary right like like you can but you can open up a vegan yoga studio Mm -hmm. and if like that's the great thing i believe about the free market and if people are interested in it and you do a good job they're gonna come you know you don't have to go to university i mean now we have a few things that are like i could say people might say bs like you have to get a permit to do that a business license and pay Mm -hmm. taxes Mm -hmm. and that's not total freedom but it's it's i do think there is a price to pay for for our society and i I think that's kind of part of it Mm -hmm. and it's efficient and i think those processes should be minimized as much as they can but i do believe like at some some level of bureaucracy is a bit of a necessary evil
1: yeah i mean it it exists it's a system that we that we have that's in operation right so how do you um with with clients i get i'm i'm constantly finding trying to find out what it is that they desire to do like i said and then It doesn't have to be in the category of big or small or successful. It's like, well, you're going to make your... My dad said this to me when I was speaking to him the other day. We make our own fortune. Mm-hmm. You know? So you, you're granted certain cards in life, and, and you do what you do to, to make your fortune. You know? So what are you going to do with the things that you've had and the experiences that you ha- you've had? Yeah. what is it that you want to offer or give this world or where do you feel like you can put your gifts out, you know? Let's talk about refining those gifts and putting it out, you know? And it's just about finding people that can encourage that so that you can go in that direction. And I think we, it would be great if we'd had more, more of those people that are wanting to see what it is that that person wants to do versus what I want that person to yeah,
0: do. Yeah, yeah. And I think people, there is like a outreach for that. I hear people talking more about like high school classes where Mm -hmm. it would just be like personal finances and, and, you know, simple business Mm -hmm. finances, because there's, that's one thing I think we, we kind of do a poor job because there's, you know, I think public school, people knock it and, you know, for, for many of the right reasons. But Mm -hmm. what it is essentially like you're taking somebody and kind of like smashing them into a mold and like this these are the skills you need to fit in our society yeah whereas i think it's been a little bit warped now and like some of these skills like hey maybe you don't want to go to university but you're a really good carpenter Mm -hmm. but you know you can't just go build things like you need to be able to pay taxes you need to be able to maybe run a business and like all these things you know whether if you're just building chairs so i think we kind of right now we're lacking those like a really clear path for somebody that maybe is troubled but they they want to be able to conform to our Mm -hmm. society or at least Mm -hmm. at least they want the results they want to be a successful carpenter they have the skills Mm -hmm. but that Mm -hmm. giving that opportunity to say okay well here's the minimum you need to do to be able to understand you know the little bit of bureaucracy we're going to put in your way as an obstacle to low quality yeah Um, yeah
1: and that's that's essentially it right you're going to Regardless of what you do, you're going to have bills to pay, you you know, you're going to yeah. have to... You
0: have to be able to read and write to yeah, exist in yeah, society, yeah, right? You yeah. just... So you these need... These days you just can't.
1: Exactly. You need those skills. And so you're, we're definitely looking at schooling and schooling is, is an important part of, you know, your grade 12, okay? Mm-hmm. And then after that, what are you going to do with your life? Like, you know, you, you need to... What is the lifestyle that you're living? What is the lifestyle that you desire to live? Where is it that you want to go to? And how much income do you need to create that, you know? Yeah. Like a lot of youth have very expensive taste.
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: The money they're making is not that like you know. Well, they, if they don't have any bills to pay, sure. But if they have bills to pay and they have very expensive taste, where well, I, I say to them, I'm like, gotta get another job. If yeah. you're gonna want, to, I'm not judging you for your lifestyle, but if that's the lifestyle you want to live, you need to make more money, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm, so something needs to change here.
0: Yeah, that's like, one thing. Like with this whole the minimum wage argument, how everybody wants to keep jumping up the mm-hmm. minimum wage. Mm-hmm. Like I mean, I th- now I don't believe we live in a true free market. And I think people who have a skilled trade, like an expert carpenter mm-hmm. or an mm-hmm. expert um Mason, should make good money because they're right. they're an expert at their craft. But I don't I don't think for something like if you're just working at McDonald's You know, and maybe if you're a manager, sure, but if you're just if you're just doing the bare minimum, I don't I feel like that is a is a job for somebody that's just getting on their feet. Like Mm -hmm. it's not supposed to be a life's purpose. It's not we're not supposed to increase the minimum wage such that it doesn't incentivize people to take that next step. I think Mm -hmm. there's a danger in that. Mm -hmm. I know there's I'm sure people would have many arguments about that, but and I mean and the problem too is there's a lot of people, there's not a lot of people, but there's maybe Let's say ten percent of our population that just isn't capable
1: mm-hmm.
0: of doing more than that. Yeah. And then what do you do for those people?
1: And I, I, I personally think, at least with what I'm seeing, is there's there needs to be more building of self-esteem and 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 that kind of self-identity in order for there to be a rise in people saying, "I can do that job." Um, I think that's what is lacking in people wanting to go forward, especially people that are on that space of taking on minimum wage jobs and working those jobs for many, many, many years, you know, it's once you master that, then or you've been doing it for so many years that you can do it with your eyes closed. Well, why, why aren't you moving? Mm -hmm. Why aren't you doing something different? And is it because you don't think you can on not because like, you know, not not capability, but more in your head or or your, your belief system, you know? And I think that is where we're, if we are wanting to move forward, uh, let's talk about belief systems and how they're limiting, and 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 how that's impacting the jobs we we take and yeah. the money we're making.
0: Yeah, and like that know? and like fundamental fear of change. Yeah, because
1: yeah. um, I think in that way we're um, it's a it's a little bit of a more of a you know everybody yeah you've got to do jobs for the society to run. Um, however, how much of that job is taken by a candidate because of fear? And how much of it is taken because you you surely have found out this is what you love and you're meant to do. Um, yeah. You know.
0: I mean, as long as we were talking about having these more practical like society mm-hmm. integration skills in high school, the mm-hmm. other thing I think is lacking is psychology. Mm. I think I, was, I got really lucky in university. I, I mean, I have an engineering degree, so it was all very technical stuff. Right. But, you know, the university is about, I mean, historically about putting out broadly educated mm-hmm. young people right and so i had to choose a non-technical elective, and i chose psychology and mm. like i use that on a daily basis i reference that course right. like that is the the most valuable training i've ever received in my life is right. that one class in mm-hmm. human psychology learning mm-hmm. how the brain works and how
2: mm-hmm. all these
0: tricks you can play on yourself to mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. lose motivation and become mm-hmm. addicted and you mm-hmm. And I can't believe, and it's but it's not that complex. You know, Mm-mm. I mean, it is, it's, it's, it's the most complex it thing is, in the universe, <laughs> with the, the human consciousness that we know of, right? Mm-hmm. But what mm-hmm. I mean is like, we've boiled it down to some heuristics where you can learn them. And mm-hmm. like the idea of locus of control mm-hmm. is a very simple concept, right? Mm-hmm. Like some people blame everything on external factors in mm-hmm. their life and mm-hmm. some people blame themselves for everything and, mm-hmm. or attribute all the success to themselves right. and people exist on a spectrum. That's not a complex idea. It's a very, it's a, pretty simple idea there's no reason we can't teach that to kids in grade 10
2: mm-hmm.
0: i had a had a in the army who he uh you know he was the guy that was always showing up late always leaving a mess for everybody else in the shop to clean up you know constantly in trouble and this was an organization like a, a professional organization with generally really hard-working guys and he was in my office um to, spot, to speak to me which means like he had upset his masterful enough to bring it to his sergeant which upset mm. the sergeant enough to bring it to the warrant who was bringing mm. it to me you know mm-hmm. it's, it's escalated <laughs> at this mm-hmm. point it's not his first time being right. in trouble and he was explaining to me i let him talk for 20 minutes and explain to me how you know everybody is kind of turned against him and how none of this stuff was his fault right oh you know i only did this because i had to do this and you know i was only given that because they knew i didn't like this and it, it's just this crazy story and i had a whiteboard there erased what was on it and draw lines locus of control, and I explained the concept in like fifty words. Mm-hmm. And all I said is, "Where do you think you are? Have you heard of this?" And no. Mm-hmm. Where do you think you are? Mm-hmm. And he looked at it for about ten seconds, and he's like, "Probably pretty far to the external right."
2: Mm-hmm. I said, "Yeah." Mm-hmm.
0: And that, like, you know, it, like it sorts he, you out. He just like he just sat there, you know. He, because whereas I could have said like, "Oh, you know," I could have become his enemy, you know. Just like the rest of the leaders were his enemy, and. But for whatever reason, he thought I was kind of on his side. I, I wasn't, you know. I I had great leaders in that platoon, and they were correct in their assessment of his mm-hmm. lack of effort and incompetence. Mm-hmm. No, not not in general. Like he was actually, he was a good kid, and he was smart and mm-hmm. and, and stuff like that. But he just had that habit of blaming everything external, and it was becoming toxic.
2: Right, um, right. Yeah. But
0: dad, like, why was that kid not shown that in high school? Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know why psychology is mm-hmm. not teach taught you know yeah
1: i have an agreement i think uh learning about yourself is valuable uh, especially in high school i think and learning about yourself will will actually help you be in relationship with other people cuz that's something that we have to do as humans you know mm-hmm. for basic need is to connect and with other humans then it'd be useful to understand ourselves in order to then be in relationship with other humans
0: yeah well even even that idea right like some people haven't been exposed to that idea that like how we basically if you don't get enough human contact you die right or self-destruct like you kill yourself that is
1: like that's (laughs) so monumental like if you do not have enough human contact you die like that's how important humans are you know
0: like there's what was that feel like it was somewhere in the soviet union where there was this or you know somewhere eastern european where there is this country where they they somehow spread some sort of propaganda i wish i I'll, i would bring it up on the laptop but i don't feel like it right now um but essentially there is this like orphanage and orphanage of, of abandoned babies mm-hmm. and all these babies basically died because mm-hmm. they weren't touched
2: mm-hmm.
0: um mm-hmm. they weren't like they were given everything they need like food water shelter but they weren't given that interaction. It was just mm-hmm. failure to thrive. Like yeah. it was a horrible tragedy.
1: It's so sad. Like yeah. touch is your most like basic, the most basic need for babies. You know, it's the way they connect, mm-hmm. right? And
0: yeah. I guess at that point, it's the only way they can interact. Well, not the only way they yeah, can that's interact. That's like
1: the but... first thing that they do when your baby's born. They make sure that they put the baby on the mom's chest. Okay. Like directly. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you know, that's the first point of contact. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's supposed to like, I think there's studies to have proved that that um secures the attachment in a very different way between the parent and the child.
0: Mm. So I wonder um if you're adopting a mm-hmm. a baby mm-hmm. and you're the you know the adopted mother would they give that baby right away to the adopted mother to create that bond?
1: Uh yeah, I think any sort of sur- surrogate even if it is a if it's a mom, you know, uh, adopted mom. I think it's the bonding. I I can't remember if there were like I I remember reading something about this in school but I, it's way too way too long but yeah. uh I've yeah. definitely
0: heard the anecdotes of it going the other way where yeah. it's like a a woman who says she's going to give up her baby for adoption mm-hmm. put has it holds her baby for the mm-hmm. first time and is like nope. no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: I
1: mean it's a, it's a I mean I haven't experienced it myself but I I hear like it's phenomenal. My sister just gave birth in February last year and um she's you know the way she i love hearing birth stories because each person's story is going to be different in some way and uh she says it's like obviously it's like unlike anything else you've experienced but she's like that first contact like you know it's like there's no words for it like you have no words Yeah. it's like a tiny human that just like comes out of you and then it's just is in like outside of your body then and it's just connected to your your being through your skin i mean yeah. that's just
0: yeah, yeah blows yeah. my mind i think like motherhood and fatherhood is downplayed in our society because we have these such grand expectations because we're exposed to celebrity and mm-hmm. you know people like elon musk so that it's like having a child seems like such a small experience in retrospect like in relation to the you know tesla motor company mm-hmm. but but i don't think it is you know mm-hmm. like as as far as like your own internal consciousness is like that is your most real thing and that kind of bringing another like it's unlimited potential that you're bringing right. into the world right like it could right. be the next elon musk so <laughs> you know or the next hitler yeah i think um
1: i think you're right i think um i think parenthood is something that um like any other it's a calling i really truly believe this um if you are true, like if you feel like you're called to be you're called to be and uh it requires a certain skill set i think and you're right because you're uh, you're raising a human you're you you've signed up for it and you've des- you desire it deeply you know hopefully. it's not coming from hopefully. this i'm mean, hopefully you know i mean in that way i think it's a calling you know if you're uh like you said you you feel like you're it's it's, you're offering something you have something to offer and and you you it's very intentional you know you you understand you have something to you want to pass on or or you want to share or you want to um in my in my eyes i think you're chosen to be guided to guide another human essentially is how i see parenthood yeah
0: and i think that's like one of the most unfair but Real things in our society mm-hmm. is that it's so much more taxing on women mm. to do that than it is on men, mm-hmm. right?
2: Because
1: mm-hmm. like an interesting conversation,
0: men <laughs> men can have that, like, oh, I want to be a dad, right? And you don't really like, you know, you have to give up some things, mm-hmm. but not nearly as much, oh, not yeah. nearly as much. Okay. I think I would I would say like if I was, if somebody said they had to give up just as much to be a dad as they did to be a mom, I'd be like. I I think they must be – there's something they're repressing. Like, you know, it's, like, mm-hmm, physical, mm-hmm. you know, with and giving birth. Like, it's dangerous. Like, mm-hmm. it's not dangerous to have a baby if you're a man. I mean, dangerous <laughs> that you could lose your wife. Like, sure. And, yeah, so I suppose it is, actually. Um, oh, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but yeah, yeah, so I, I think – and I think that, like, kind of that – postmodern feminist mm-hmm. is is like they really don't like that idea of mm-hmm. a woman like sacrificing everything in her life and make mm-hmm. to have that really profound experience of of raising a child and giving up mm-hmm. other things mm-hmm. because a man just doesn't have to so then they want it to be even yeah. but it's just not even like
1: i i it's a it's a very interesting question. I'll speak about this from my perspective as yeah. a woman, because I know each woman's going to have a different perspective on this. But of course, yeah. my take on it, my personal take on it, is, um, uh, I, I for me personally, I think I've always wanted to have children. Yeah. Um, I think I was in university and I was. Talking to a friend of mine, and I said, "Can I tell you a secret?" And I, she said, "What?" Well, I was like, "My secret, my most, my secret, most deepest desire is to be barefoot and pregnant and cooking in the kitchen." <laughs> and and it was, and I, and I say it was a secret because, as a modern day woman, it it didn't feel proud to say that.
0: No, no, I think that's I think no. that's horrible. Yeah, I, <laughs> not, know, not to be barefoot. I think I, the most disgusting thing I could ever see is a barefoot pregnant woman. You know. No, uh, yeah, I think that's like such a a beautiful thing. Like that's life coming into being, and somebody right. who think that's that I think it's bad and like yeah. not oh, you should be yeah. pursuing a career. Yeah,
2: but it's this like, is what it's, it's,
0: it's, it's
1: so interesting, right? Because I was doing my degree. I, I remember because I was doing my degree in psychology, and I, I was almost mindering and women's studies and Mm -hmm. um you know my perception of of what i it's like almost caught in this like this this road of like okay i want to pursue i've gone to school i've done so many years of school like what does that mean to me as as a woman does that mean that i'm i still want to you know go to like i still want to be able to raise a child have a partner and and how do i get there You know, it was like, okay, I have to find a job and and I want to make it so that it's equal. So I'm going to, you know, get these jobs, save a lot of money. So when I take time off with my child, I've earned the right to. And this was my perception, you know, like really it was. It was like, if I'm going to take those years off 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 to spend some time with my baby, then I'd have to create that situation for
0: me. Yeah can't rely on somebody else for that i can't
1: rely on somebody else for that and is it right for me to be able to say to somebody well or create that kind of dependence and it's okay or is it would that make me a modern day woman
0: Mm -hmm. so what's your conclusion at least what are your thoughts now
1: it's interesting because i think a part of that narrative is still there i still want to have my own whatever it may be of whatever it is that i do i always want to preserve my own independence and identity um i'm not so caught up about um the financial bit as much anymore Mm -hmm. you know because I, i i i understand with more years that i'm living in my life that it's it's two people signing up for something
0: absolutely you know yeah
1: it's and and there has to be a deep desire from 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 a partner. I think I think that's one of the things that I've understood. It's they're not doing me a favor by by partnering up with me in order to raise this child. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. That there, there funding has, is they yeah, have to want that child. You as have well, to, yeah. you have to desire or deeply desire to want to be a father if you're going to want to be a father as well as if you're going to be a mother. Uh, And it's not just a role that you take on just because your father was a father. And so you're just going to just go ahead and just do that. And my father was a farmer. So I'm going to just be a farmer. It's not like that, you know. Yeah. It's not like that with parenthood. And I I, I wish uh, there was a little bit more like felt awareness about these things. And and that's
0: what I am most scared about in our culture is that the role of the mother is diminished. Mm -hmm. Like you should have a kid. And then if you're going to be a significant in society, you better get right back to work. Right. Because yeah. no big deal that you're a mom. Right. Like that is, if you're just relying on a man to provide you sustenance and you're raising two or three kids, like you're like next to, you're just a, you know, mm-hmm. you're mm-hmm. just low. Like you're just low status. And I think that's, that's dangerous. That is, um,
1: that is, that is. And, and it's, pr- I think... If we I mean I'm I'm doing a little bit of um readings right now about uh, womb wisdom. And okay. there's there's wis and there's wisdom in our wombs and feeling and and um, you know, there's so much there's so much wisdom there for women. You have to and, explain that. And when I mean what I mean by that is our feelings are our are our way our wisdom as women is our superpower. I really truly believe this. Okay. Um and in order to feel those feelings you need a container and space for it. You know, I have friends that actually create a certain space around the time of their period. Okay. um, So that they actually have, they give themselves that time. They're not working these crazy hours.
0: To deal with their emotions.
1: So that they can actually feel their feelings during that time. And it's so important because our cycles are actually, our our, our, um, monthly cycles have some intelligence in them in how they're built and if we adhere to those cycles um, and the feelings that come and the emotions that come through those cycles, it's um, it can help us navigate our lives in a different way as women.
0: So how would that actually like look in terms of a calendar?
1: Um, so you have a monthly calendar based on your, uh, when you get your period okay, uh, and when it ends and you keep a record of feelings for each of those days. And then after,
0: I mean, um, like the giving yourself space part. Would you take a couple of days off work? Um,
1: or, yeah, or? you'd you take you'd take off a couple of days. You'd you'd uh, create some more space. You wouldn't plan things during then, you know. Mm-hmm. So, what if we designed our lives like that, that suited our bodies? Yeah. What if? I mean, it's just a thought, right? Yeah. And I'm saying this from this perspective of I'm trying it out now, and I've been actually. What you know, when I would actually have my first or second day, I would, I would take in the sick days. Because if I take care of my health, mm-hmm. then I can work, right? Like you can, y- your functionality is, is, is quote unquote better. Yeah.
2: yeah <laughs> you know, it's, super. it's, it's,
1: it's, it's working for you. And so rather, like, to get in touch with your body in a way that actually works for you as a woman, so intelligent and paramount. <laughs> and yeah. yet it's taken me a while to get there and and to be curious about it enough to follow it and then yeah
0: well it's certainly at odds to the current there. like societal narrative that like yeah, you right. know men and women are irre- like not uh like they're just interchangeable it's like right. the exact same thing right.
1: and it's not with right to
0: genitalia it's yeah it's <laughs>
1: so interesting because there's so much like I'm, I'm i mean i'm 31 and i'm learning about these things now mm-hmm. you know i mean how it would have been so different if I learned about it perhaps when I was 20 and you well know, certainly like how... not that
0: it would be right or wrong but another culture like if you were in a more traditional mm-hmm. Indian culture mm-hmm. like or a more traditional Canadian culture like mm-hmm. 100 years ago
2: mm-hmm.
0: there would be like you know a woman would basically go to a young girl and say hey this is the role of a woman in society yeah. and here's yeah. how you're supposed to be and it wouldn't just be like yeah. what is now kind of the narrative is like well there is no role for women in society there's no role for men it's just you just do the same thing
1: yeah yeah it's very interesting because you know the first few years the first years when i did get my period the way my my parents my, my mom took care of it and what we were taught so um you know my mom was like no heavy bags you gotta sit you gotta be in like this is your hot water bag and this is what you do and okay. you know very like kindness and, and a lot of like belly massages my mom would come massage my belly with oil oh, yeah. you know yeah and this was like a very like you know a time to rest and take care and like be with it and you know of course as when you are a teenager to then get it, becoming a young adult and like being part of our society there's certain roles that you need to take up and so you know you follow that the different this is the go-to way like you know you got to go to work you got to go do this you got to do this you got to do this you have things to do, uh, places to be, activities to be involved in. So am I making a big fuss about this? Like, should I be taking the care to do this? Do I continue taking care to do this? And so it's taken me a while to kind of adhere to that, respect that, and stick with it, you know, and and be ferocious about it in that way, that, no, this is my time, that I'm going to. I'm gonna take, and you feel like feel. it
0: makes you more powerful now that you've been of course, adhering to it. Yeah. Of
1: course, I think so. I, th- I really, I really, truly believe so because understanding how I work or how I operate can help me better navigate how I want to be treated and how I want to, um, you know, uh, go like work within this world. And it really, it, it, it's helpful for me, but it's also helpful for people around me. Yeah you know once you understand how you operate you can show somebody this is how i operate what i mean by that is saying well you design life according to the way you work yeah you know rather than have life designed for a way that you should definitely work like it's it's yeah there's there's something wrong with that kind of logic
0: well yeah i think our society needs to get a bit more sophisticated in our approach like you know before it was definitely too static in that mm-hmm. you have their gender roles, which are
1: your too, pink jobs too, and blue jobs. Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah, too prescriptive, or or just like you know, you're a stay at home mom, mm-hmm. or you're a spinster. You know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and now I think it's too much like diminishing what it is to be a woman, mm-hmm. and also diminishing what it is to be a man. Mm-hmm. I think there needs to be like a really need like a mature look at this, and like a redefinition redef- and an emphasis on freedom. Like I think mm-hmm. a man should be free to be a nurse or a teacher and a Mm -hmm. woman should be free to be an engineer, but I don't think we should tell women like you have to go into like science, technology or engineering if, if you want to be successful. Like, yeah, I think,
1: I think, think, yes, I am in agreement. I think this, there's this, I, I find that uh, there's, there's no need to like, there's this kind of like proof. I have to prove this is who I am. I think human, male or female, you know. And it's like, what if you suspended that you need to prove who you are and just figured out who you did, who you are? Yeah. You know, just figure out who you are. Just go, go within, spend some time by yourself, you know, understand what your thoughts are. Um, and, you know, spend some time with yourself so you can understand who you are then you can go the direction you desire you know and whether it be you want to take up engineering or not and yeah. then you don't have to subscribe to any model of like i need to be this woman or this kind of woman or that kind of woman yeah. you can just be the kind of woman you desire to be and isn't that going to be more simple
0: yeah and, I, and but i and i think though one thing i would credit our society with is we've created an amazing space for women to have a career I'm in and agreement. Have a family And you know, that balance is there, but I feel like most of the reason, like what we're talking about is more of like an individual pressure and a societal pressure, Mm -hmm. but not necessarily like not from the patriarchy. It's more from, yeah, I think it's less from society at large and more from these extremist groups that are diminishing motherhood, which I think Mm -hmm. it's actually these kind of like the modern, this modern like hyper- Uh, forward-thinking feminist ideologies are actually Mm -hmm. more like working against women now Mm -hmm. in that i
1: I think it's partly to do with um and this is my again my perception of the things the way things have been um you know we've we've come in like when women came into the workforce it, it it um You know, we we were taking up different types of jobs, maybe more secretarial jobs and Mm -hmm. typewriting and and that kind of nursing. Those are very like what we call mm, pink, I'd call them pink jobs, for instance. And and then that went on to us wanting to do other things and, and really opening ourselves up to this idea that, okay, they can be we've said okay we're capable of doing any job that there is really like you know other than the even the the ones that require a certain amount of physical strength i think there's always been somebody that's one has gone and pushed that that yeah, boundary or that always envelope, right be outliers, there's always right? going to be outliers right yeah. and so the yeah if you want to go do that job for sure um but um yeah it's it's so I, I don't necessarily think it's. It, so I think yeah, we we were competing for for wanting equality in that way. Like we we want to be able to try for these jobs and yeah, and 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 not felt feel like we're being discriminated against. A woman being discriminated against, right? Yeah. So
0: and that was definitely the case.
1: Yeah, and and I think in 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 that way there was certain like um, um how do you call them like standards that we had to kind of like i can do this yeah i can do this too you know and so mm-hmm. there was that's when i think that more of that competitiveness came came through and so now we're then competing for the same jobs men and women right and so it's not a gender thing anymore and i think that's where that comes from and yeah, yeah you can call it patriarchy it's one way of saying it but like it's just the way the systems worked like yeah there was a dominant and there was a there was the non-dominant you know, that's the way I see it. And, you know, there, there are some societies that are more female dominant, you know. What I mean by that is they make a lot of, they have more decision-making abilities. It doesn't mean, to me, it doesn't mean it's a good or bad thing. It's just, um, are, are you are you embody, are you, do you have a space to embody uh, the the intelligence and essence of your gender? Uh, you know the ones that like that, that that since the day like like f- since our ancestors have certain qualities that they've passed down through our genetic material that you embody um as a male and I embody as a female it's it's wise for me to use that you know and um yeah so that's that's my perception of of what's kind of happened and um in terms of the other ideas that that women have about women this is this this is the part where i think there needs to be a little there, there there's healing happening i think on a collective for women is that one woman is not stronger than the other i, yeah. I this mean, is a very interesting role. yeah you're you're just on a spectrum everybody's like got different like abilities ideas concepts perceptions sense of self you know and, and, um, if you are raising children and that's what you desire to do versus if you're an engineer or you're a bodybuilder or you're an athlete as a woman, you're doing what you desire to do in your life and go do yeah. it.
0: I, uh, mm-hmm. I wonder too, and this is, this is a bit of a tangent, mm-hmm. but, um, I my, one of my close friends, Justin, um, they, him and his wife live in a, it's a pretty stereotypical like nuclear family she mm-hmm. doesn't work she raises the kids mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. she has a master's degree in psychology wow. she's a super mm-hmm. smart mm-hmm. woman mm-hmm. this is just the path she's chosen is to be a full-time mom mm-hmm. and she's a very very good mom mm-hmm. and i wonder if this kind of like diminishment of motherhood mm-hmm. from the elites mm-hmm. in our society like the well
2: mm-hmm. you know the, the mm-hmm. universities
0: mm-hmm. is leading towards this because what i see it is now that on the other side there's almost this rebound that's like some people say, like, every mom is good. Mm-hmm. Like, motherhood is just, moms are great. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, there's still a hierarchy of competence of mothers. And that's one thing she talks about a mm-hmm. lot, mm-hmm. is she notices there's a lot of very incompetent mothers mm-hmm. that are doing a very poor job raising mm-hmm. weak, weak, whiny children. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think maybe if we, if we were more open about saying, like, you know, respecting mothers and respecting, like, how well a good mother raises children people that are like highly competent women be more likely to go into that role <laughs> i think you that's know? a
1: very it's a, it's a very i like that you mentioned it like that it's like if you looked at motherhood as an ambition then yeah. there would be competency
2: yeah just yeah. like
1: any other job role and i think you know i mean if you looked at motherhood as a role then they would have competency in it just like you would have an engineer and and i'm
2: just gonna shut off yeah, keep yeah. turning
1: on and off yeah cool. yeah i think we'd have we'd have competency within that and then we can talk about it but i think we are in a, in a sensitive culture where if you it's like the most horrible thing to say somebody's quote unquote like you know it's not doing their job or they're doing their job poorly that's like not something that I think we want to address and it, it it's like well you know why are they not doing it properly and then there's other factors right mm-hmm. and so it's 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 a very interesting I think it's a very interesting space to kind of go into and talk about because yeah. there's lots of factors that will contribute to um how you are you know how are you going to to be
0: as a mother as a mom and i think the interesting thing if you like i'll just lay out a a scenario mm -hmm. like let's just say you're a hyper successful businesswoman who's Mm -hmm. working in the office 14 hours a day Mm -hmm. and you have two children Mm -hmm. you know three and five years old hardly Mm -hmm. ever see your mom Mm -hmm. totally misbehaving Mm -hmm. on ritalin and Mm -hmm. all this stuff most people would say oh, you know, she's working hard and pay pay so much respect to her and a mom. Mm
2: -hmm. And
0: the assumption that is like because she's a mom, she's obviously a great mom.
2: It's Mm -hmm. like,
0: no, you know, you can be a great lawyer Mm -hmm. and be a terrible mom. Mm -hmm. And by saying pretending she's a great mom, you're really taking away, in my opinion, from somebody like Caitlin Mm -hmm. that actually is a great mom Mm -hmm. and really spends the time at it and Mm -hmm. puts a ton of mental energy into raising like – their daughters and you meet them you know mm-hmm. these are just great little people mm-hmm. and you know so, you know there are some kids i'm sure just have behavior problems and mm-hmm. they also got lucky but mm-hmm. their kids are just like wonderful mm-hmm. little children i think they're like 3 6 and 9 or something mm-hmm. like that mm-hmm. and it's it's her like mm-hmm. she's a great mom mm-hmm. and to say everybody's a great mom it's just not true like
1: yeah yeah i, I think see this is this is it it's like our concepts of mom I, our moms are changing like we're looking at a spectrum of like mothers that come in in that are they're not uh, it's like a spectrum like I, I would say right so if she if caitlin your friend adjustments mm-hmm. is doing most of the raising it's only her right that's doing most of the raising and he's participating too but that's yeah. her job role like that she's taken on and she okay. dearly wants it Yeah. whereas i think i i mean i know moms that are working and are the dad wants to take on more of the dad role yeah. so how does that play into account like you know you're still you're fulfilling that role of the main care, caregiver but it's the father that's doing it more than the mother or whatever it may be and so you've if you've chosen that you've chosen that yeah you know as long as there's a primary caregiver that's involved and and you've sorted yourself out and one person wants to be really involved but still wants to to have a family right yeah
0: i totally agree and i guess more the case i was talking about um is is not like if the guy is staying home and raising the kids that's different like i think that's everybody's mm-hmm. going to work out their own mm-hmm. situation but i'm more meant in this case where they're both working these long hours yeah. like both the parents yeah. and there was no like a nanny or a daycare and all this kind right. of or right. even even if they don't have a nanny that comes in but they're just so mentally exhausted when they come home mm-hmm. that they don't have the energy to put in
1: yeah yeah i find that we have to get real about like okay if you're not doing the you're not doing the majority of the 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 bonding and the parenting then who is and if it is the nanny are you picking you know somebody that is going to be that person that's going to be able to raise your child and and how ha- like are you doing that very consciously yeah like are you intentionally planning for your family like that and these are important conversations to have because we yeah. have different types of families these days you know so it's like It's like we're not, we we don't have the nuclear, just the nuclear family anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the, the result of our societies going into workforces and like the, the boat genders going into the workforces as competitively and ambitiously as they have been creates like these different scenarios of like the outcomes of different types of families. But I'm with you in that. The care needs to be like somebody needs to take up the caretaking role of raising these children because it's a massive role
0: i think it has to be respected more i think so but respected within a hierarchy as everything is Mm -hmm. a hierarchy of competence right Mm -hmm. like we can't pretend they're all good and we also can't pretend that it's less than a career
1: yeah and i and i also think that that's perhaps some of the reasons why that um Because of the lack of, not lack of, but like, you know, the way, I mean, yeah, the the introduction of medication to our society is also, you know, the way we're using medication with children is also very big.
0: You're an anti-vaxxer. (laughs) Was <laughs> i'm just kidding i'm accusing you of being an anti-vaccinator
1: yeah no not not like when i say medication i mean ritalin and like yeah. the amount of adhd and and totally and
0: like i'm sure i'm not a professional i'm sure those things have their purpose but they're an amphetamine right and to be giving to that like i, I wish i had remembered the numbers but it's it's a lot of kids that are on yeah, that
1: there are and um It's interesting to see, right? Like some of the questions I ask uh, with some of the kids that are on medication is like when they start to go on it is how is it helping you? Like, are you noticing a change? How Mm -hmm. much of a change do you notice? And, you know, that combined with them seeing somebody that's actually speaking to them, talking to them, sorting out things and moving through your emotions or your feelings, right? So you're not just using the medication to be able to treat the child and solve a symptom because it's just not it's not a symptom yeah you need to find a system that works for you
0: what sort of patterns do you notice when you ask children about this
1: uh it depends some of them feel uh, with with some of the depression medications is it's an anxiety medications is numbness which you know after a couple like the older kids are aware enough to try it and understand that um, it's not for, like I don't want to do this. And I, I sense that this is the space I'm going into. So I'm going to speak to the person that I usually speak with, like my counselor or therapist or whatever, and just make sure I have more appointments with them so yeah. they can sense the, the way they, they operate and, and their patterns and that they don't want to take medication or want to take medication based on that.
0: That's a very mature outlook.
1: Yeah, but it's, it takes a while, right? Like you have to figure mm-hmm. out what this medication is doing for each body. So it's interesting. Um, It'd be to-
0: hard. I, I, I would think if I was that age, I would find it hard to be even so aware of my own consciousness to notice what kind of change a medication like that would be having.
1: Yeah, and that's what we're teaching, right? Like when I work with my clients, I teach a lot of awareness, self-awareness. Try to record your feelings. Write about how you feel. Like spend time in that space because. Um, it's imp- it's an important thing to start to get to know otherwise you're not going to be able to note the changes or work towards whatever you're trying to work to get through yeah you know
0: so these practices that you have i actually meant to ask this earlier mm. Do, have you just is this just your own mm. you know a way of doing it like what sort of professional guidances are given in procedures that you have to follow
1: um so i did my degree in psychology uh, yeah. which i think has been monumental in the way i think and
0: oh you don't you you don't have to have a psychology degree to be a youth counselor you
1: can have so you have you have to do yeah youth and child uh worker diploma degree okay um, so there's different um trainings that you can get yeah uh, so social work psychology youth and child yeah so in the um, field, in right. the field right um and that's the 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 training that you you, you need for, to do this job personally i have i found that um after doing it the way i've been taught to do it i've also gained my own style yeah and um i think that was pivotal to be able to do this work from a heart space um you know they teach you about not attaching to your client about certain rules and boundaries that you need to follow, Mm -hmm. which I'm in agreement with. And, um,
0: but it sounds like you are also violating those.
1: Yeah. I I think after a while of starting to get to know, and I think the field has changed quite a bit since I went to school, um, that you, you find the values of the place that you work with. So I I worked at a community center Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, the values that, that that the organization uphold, you know, do they match my values is a good thing to think about if you're going to work in, um, within an organization, you know? Yeah. So, is it respected? Is my autonomy respected? You know, is my role and the way I do my work respected and encouraged, you know? Yeah. And, um, you know, I'd have these conversations with my, with the person that would uh, overlook my my team lead and you know that style is encouraged and so it it followed it you know
0: yeah but i think it's important it's kind of circling back to what we were talking before is gaining competence in the basics before you move on to like these so a rule like you know don't become personally attached Mm -hmm. to your clients Mm -hmm. i think you have to adhere like i'm just guessing but you adhere to that at first and you you see the value in that adherence and once you can do that competently then you know when that's okay to break that rule
1: yeah, and it's but if you just so, went
0: into it being like screw the rules, they, those guys don't know anything. Yeah, I'm just gonna get attached. to Every client it'd probably be a disaster. Yeah, right? yeah,
1: yeah. And 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 also like things like you know they teach you about counseling, so you have to hear, and that's the part that I I remember learning about. So that one of the counseling techniques is you listen to what they say and you repeat the words that they said back to them. Yeah, and so in the beginning you do this very robotically, and right. then you know kids pick up pick up, and they're like what the hell are you doing? Like, why are you just, I just said that. (laughs) Why did you just say what I just said? And then you're just like, that's not going to work. Yeah. It's not going to work. So, you don't just repeat back what they said. Uh, You, you figure, you, you listen, and you listen more. And then you listen more after that. You know? Yeah. And, and then um, articulate what they mean, not just mm, what they said. Yeah. yeah. And it, it takes, it takes, it takes a little bit of practice for sure. It's taken me some practice and.
0: Is that what you're doing? Trying to get at the deeper level of what they're Yeah, I, I think after,
1: yeah, I think after a while of working with you, if you end up, uh, for me, my, my experience, um, you go deeper. Yeah. You mm-hmm. just do, you, you, um, because, they're navigating their own inner landscapes of like how do I make it through? And then you're with them navigating that inner landscape yeah. of how of like like what about this? What about this? What about this? You're just offering, right? Or yeah. you're just like
0: That technique of repeating back what they said. Is that cognitive behavioral therapy?
1: Uh that's a counseling technique. It's just a okay. basic counseling technique. Like repeat you know, just repeat what they say. So you yeah. you yeah, uh, it's called um but uh, um yeah it's it's a technique where you you reframe what they said yeah you know and it's because
0: that's even in like popular culture is active listening right yeah I've heard
1: of yeah. yeah active you know? listening and passive listening, how to actively listen and sometimes they just want you to listen sometimes you're looking for something two words anything mm-hmm. you know um, you can't do too much of the listening, too, sometimes. It's just like, well, you're not going to say anything? You, that means you don't care. You know? Yeah. <laughs> so it's it's a fine dance between, like, listening, yeah. deeply listening, and then knowing w- when, you know, you're ready to, to have a conversation, you know. Yeah. And and say something. So I, how to use your
2: words is so
0: important. Yeah, and I, I, so I, important. I agree. Like, I think those are two of the most powerful abilities you can have in our society is mm-hmm. being a good listener mm-hmm. and being a good speaker mm-hmm. so it's the you know it's, it's a big part of the reason i it's the reason really i started a podcast i don't really right. expect there's ten thousand people going to listen to this
1: hey but, you never know greg yeah you never know
0: <laughs> right um but i certainly think it's making me it's forcing me to be a better listener mm-hmm. um, i try to do that in day-to-day life anyway but certainly when you know people are listening to it you don't want to sound like a fool right so you, you you know do that and and i think hearing myself speak and hopefully some asshole on youtube chirps in and (laughs) you know clearly articulates all my inadequacies for me that would be useful painful and useful right
2: Yeah. yeah
0: yeah
1: it's it's i think it's it's definitely a skill to 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 have and to share with the world you know some more listening yeah um deep deep listening and and conversing because we want to hear what you have to say. You know, I think we forget we, when I was learning, when I was a student learning about these techniques, I'm like, yeah, I can't say anything. Alicia, you have too much of an opinion. Don't say anything. It's like, no, you have to learn the tact of l- deeply listening. And then also understanding where you can have a voice. Cause you yeah. need like to have a voice is so important in this yeah. world. And share think, it too.
0: Yeah. I think that is also something that's been manipulated. It's like, to have a voice but to use it like in the realm in which you're competent in Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. to compel people to listen by like having them be motivated because what you're saying is interesting Mm -hmm. not because you're screaming at them and telling them they need to listen because you represent this or you represent that like that's more of like the narrative that always bothers me when somebody's just shouting It's like say something interestingly enough that people want to listen to you.
1: Yeah, uh, I think you can talk at somebody for sure, and you can speak in this way that, or you can just speak in a way that I think approaching anything with curiosity and wonderment. You know, you're just talking about something because it's interesting to you and you're curious about it. Yeah, it it provokes curiosity in the listener. You know, Mm -hmm. they are now interested in. The curious questions that you've been talking about or are, are have and, yeah
0: yeah it's definitely like like both are a skill and um i was even saying more like i, I definitely agree as a, as a life skill but also just career wise too mm, like i for sure you know i want to make sure that i'm setting myself up to do well in my field mm-hmm. um you know which is still being defined but you know, in, in a professional workplace, being able to articulate your ideas on the spot and and then also, you know, come up with a compelling argument for doing something the way you want it to be done. And especially when you genuinely believe in the organization you're working for and you want the best for it, if you can't, if you can't articulate, because like, you're, you, sh- you should be the expert in your field. Mm-hmm. So you should be able to compel your boss to to make the changes Mm -hmm. in your workspace Mm -hmm. that are going to best benefit the company and if you can't do that you know i think you're they're failing in your work no matter how well you're doing it if you're just saying well you know my boss is an idiot and it isn't doing this it's like well you also have to take personal responsibility because you haven't been able to convince him you haven't been able to articulate your piece well enough Mm -hmm. and you know sometimes there's really hard cases sometimes there's easy cases but it's It's always a bit your fault, I think. Yeah,
1: I I personally find that if you're being competent in your job, Mm -hmm. um, then you encourage competency from whoever it is that is above you and below you, or if you have that hierarchy or beside you, you know? Yeah. But, like, competency encourages competency, in my experience. Um, Because then that's that's what a team is,
2: you Mm -hmm. know?
1: what builds the team and i think um to have somebody who is in a position that i'm working in who is has more of the leadership brains in terms of being above me um if they i i would like to see that if they are respect like as a person that's in a certain position i need to be able to respect them which would mean that there had to be some competency Mm -hmm. and i think we can oftentimes confuse competency with hierarchy Um, and i I personally don't believe um one necessarily translates into the other so hierarchy doesn't necessarily mean
2: competency
0: agreed yeah i think i think like there would be some correlation but Mm -hmm. certainly at all levels of the hierarchy you can find incredibly intelligent and motivated people and you can also find the opposite you know Yeah, the opposite at mm-hmm. every level of the hierarchy. Mm-hmm. Um, it's actually the reason I um, I right away in the military, I attempted and was successful in transitioning to the special forces mm-hmm. is because I got the opportunity to work with him early. Mm-hmm. and it wasn't just the leaders in the special forces. it was mm-hmm. also the the soldiers and mm-hmm. it was actually mostly the soldiers. I was right. like, if I can if I'm given the opportunity to command men, which is already like a crazy, responsibility like too much for mm-hmm. a child it's mm-hmm. only because we're like it's just the military way that you're given that responsibility very young like these are the kind of guys i want to have that you know relationship with mm-hmm. right
2: because
0: mm-hmm. um, they're just so incredibly competent and hardworking that i can learn from them as well and then as well as like working for a boss that can be a mentor to you that was something very really very appealing to mm-hmm. me so mm-hmm. In the, in the army you, you know you can have that for sure yeah but you're always going to have bad apples right and it might be your boss it's going to be one of your bosses because you have many layers of bosses and one of those is generally always going to be mm-hmm. a prick yeah. <laughs> and yeah. you're always going to have like in the army as an officer it's something like i would say it's like 50 percent of your time wow. at least is spent on 10 percent of your maybe not even 10 percent. there's like you know, out of, out of a platoon of 35 guys, there's mm-hmm. like usually two that you spend so much time on just wow. because they're just creating issues, right? Mm-hmm. And not just for you, like mm-hmm. for everybody else around them because they're avoiding work, which creates a bunch of resentment, which the whole team works slower and, you know, and it creates work for their direct supervisor. There's, and you're just – it's a lot of work for these people. Mm-hmm. Whereas – and of course, you know, there's still – high like people who are less more and less competent within the special forces but it's generally just all elevated and people are there because they want to be there Mm -hmm. and so if somebody is lagging behind they're motivated to get better so it's a very creates a very different work environment Mm -hmm. it's a lot more pressure and a lot of people burn out during it because there's so much pressure to do better um but yeah, it's, it's very rewarding in that kind of tribe aspect we were talking about um, mm-hmm. before the podcast is, I think is a lot stronger in an organization like that.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's this, I think when you have shared values, it can change the way your, your tribe is built, you know, mm-hmm. uh, because it's not built on these, are the values that you should embody. It's the, these are the values that you resonate with. And I think, yeah. um, building of tribe from that space of like you finding your own authentic voice and sense of self or on your own personal journeys and then finding the other people along your path i I mean there's nothing more beautiful than creating tribe in that
0: way yeah i think that's the allure i imagine like a lot of the troubled youth you deal with they have this this alluring tribe of people involved in Mm -hmm. bad things that Mm -hmm. and they they might see the appeal of doing well in, in school, and you know, pursuing something more meaningful with their life. But there's that that pull.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, yeah, it's with youth. It's it's just about yeah. I find that they do have that. They have that the different cohorts of people that are in their lives and they're influencing them in different ways. Some more positive, some more not that positive more negative you could say and uh it's the choices you know you always have a choice at each point in your life and what choice is it that you're going to make and it's one choice can it doesn't mean that you only go down one path it's just you make this one choice you'll see where it takes you then you make another choice and you'll see where that takes you yeah and in that way you you know you create your own fortune you know so yeah but yeah very much i think if they f- if they're motivated to keep finding like-minded people um that that you know are within the spaces and changes that they're making as well then they create their own tribes as well and i'm hoping that that's the way they go you know
0: yeah well i i really like that idea of um you know listening to them and you know relating to them enough that they confide in in you like what's their secret vision of the future that hmm. they're embarrassed you know to tell their friends because they're gonna say that's you want to be a pregnant lady with bare feet (laughs) like that's so stupid and you know that's so naive like Mm -hmm. but like whatever is their secret like maybe for them it's maybe like this guy you know he's bad at math and but maybe he wants to be a doctor and his friends will all laugh at him yeah but like you know getting close enough to them that you can get them to confide that in you and then really like hold that up and because mm-hmm. as a youth it's a sensitive time it's easy for things it's yeah, right. easy for you to be crushed right and if you mm-hmm. don't have somebody to hold up that mm-hmm. torch you know you can kind of be wandering around blind right yeah. that can be dropped easily so yeah. i think it's very an important thing that you did there mm-hmm. i respect that a lot mm-hmm. yeah thank
1: you yeah it's it's fun you know greg it's it's a lot of fun i I get to learn a lot more than like a, I've learned a lot about hip hop from one of my kids, and um, and their resiliency teaches me resiliency, you know. Yeah. So it's in lots of ways, it's not one or the other. It's like we're both learning. It's just I'm I have more of the official teacher role. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you um, know, it's if you really look into it, because. Gosh, I've, experience is your biggest teacher, and if you put yourself in these situations where you get to experience, then you get to learn. You know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, there, there's some, there's some raw, beautiful talent in youth, you know, and if you can harness that and and show them their that this is a gift that you can put forward. And then, then you have to do it with yourself too. You know, they hold me accountable. It's not like I can preach without doing it myself. So I gotta put out my gifts as well and then you know so so when that's not resonating either then I have to also take some time to go figure my own gifts out and whether I'm putting it forward so it's interesting there's so much of an accountability piece and I think that's what inspires me to do a lot of the things that I do
0: yeah it mm-hmm. sounds like to me that like you're almost shifting into like a mentorship role rather than
1: like, mm-hmm.
0: a, like trying to be a prescriptive teacher
1: yeah I, I don't like this idea of a teacher is very one that has a certain ring to it that it doesn't suit me in this way. You know, I, I like more of like the word guide or perhaps the word mm, mentor, yeah, sure, you know. Um, because you, you really are just holding, you're just holding space. Yeah, Essentially, that's really the job. And and really like, I, I, I love when I see what... Mm, Another person desires to do and to hold that to, for them, like that's my favorite part is to be the witness.
2: Yeah, you know,
1: it there's this beautiful joy in seeing somebody grow, and uh, and seeing this is where they desire to be and they're t- taking the steps to get to somewhere to there and it's, um, I mean, I easily like tear up when I when I have those moments. I mean, it's just it was not even real and it's become real for them and there's nothing like there's there's nothing that can compare it to that moment and like being in that moment with another yeah for me
0: very cool mm-hmm. that's actually something i'm looking for for the opposite i suppose right now Like mm-hmm. part of the reason i mean i left a i got a job when i moved down here I, what i thought it was a great job
2: mm-hmm.
0: and then i was offered this this uh this other job mm-hmm. um a month later and you know i took a fairly significant pay cut to get it because i saw you know, a couple of the guys, well, the guys that were in the leadership of this company um, are doing some amazing things, and they're guys that I really respect, and I want that. I would like that mentorship, and I didn't see the same opportunity at the place I was at. Mm-hmm. I saw it more a place I could be successful and and, you know, do well in that company, but I didn't see myself having, like, a strong role model to learn from
2: mm-hmm.
0: not that i want like necess- like any of these guys not that i want to directly emulate them
2: mm-hmm.
0: but i want to make sure i'm in a position where i have somebody i really respect
2: mm-hmm.
0: and i can emulate aspects
2: mm-hmm.
0: of them
1: yeah and i think that it's brave of you to admit in this way that if it is that that you're looking for then you go seek that out Versus just the successful part and the the job that pays you, and then you know that you could be a good candidate at whatever job you know I think our intent with something is so important because that could be the stepping stone to so many other beautiful moments, yeah, you know and and that's like that is key, I think to me, according to me, to like finding our own successes and milestones in our life is that. What is it that I desire to do, and how can I create that within a given situation? You know, and yeah. it's really cool, I think, to mentor with somebody or to learn from somebody and to um, be open to that because we're we're constantly learning. You know, if you're listening to a podcast, you're listening to information, you're opening yourself up to learning. So mm-hmm. it is learning in some capacity to be able to learn from another human who's physically like there in your presence, teaching. Is not a it's a beautiful thing
0: yeah and i think you like you know i could read mm-hmm. i could read you know the great philosophers but i don't think it sinks in as deeply as when you like you know it's like just what like we were talking before a story is more powerful than data even though data should be more compelling mm-hmm. but i think seeing somebody act out mm-hmm. a, a trait is even more powerful yeah, because you're you're kind of you're watching that story unfold right in front of your eyes and seeing the consequences. Or, and I, I don't mean bad; I mean positive. Yeah, um,
1: yeah, it's it's fascinating, right? Like it ties in so much, so much of those things we were talking about, like human connection, and then you know, so you have that need met, and then uh, you're getting to learn something profound. You know, I think so many so many of these roles, like mentor mentors and things like that, they have the embodiment of um parenthood in them you know and that's why they're they, they're so appealing yeah um and we are constantly in roles of 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 parenthood and like motherhood or like mothering or fathering or whatever it may be and at all stages in our life we're looking for those yeah uh, those people and they've come in different forms for me and
0: uh, do you I- feel like you're acting out the roles that your mother and father like those stories that they that played out in front of your eyes? Do you feel like you're acting those out?
1: Perhaps not very much of the stories in that way, that they were just, you know, cyclical, in that I'm just re- repeating and regurgitating. Uh, but I would say more of the essence. Yeah. You know, I think um, a love love is something that cannot be, a, it's a it's, it's, it's unique language, you know, a, to c- compassionately care for another. This come with some time and and the people that have taught me yes and uh, yeah and to be able to then hold space from like more of a neutral standpoint and but yet with heart it's practice
0: and you think you got that from your parents or your mother
1: Hmm. my mom's more of a fierce she's a fierce lion okay and my dad's more of he's 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 probably got more of the soft personality, yeah, among the two. So yeah, I think I think I have the fierceness of my mom for sure, yeah, and I think I have the softness of my father.
0: Has that come out in your counseling of youth? It does. Yeah, I
1: I, I understand where to put the boundaries and and you know and and say absolutely none of that shit. You know mm-hmm. <laughs> when it's none of that shit that won't work, and you got to take responsibility for what you've done and, mm. I and they can
0: sense that comes from a deep spot and it's not it's yeah. not just uh posturing like I, you really when you say none of it you mean it i mean
1: it yeah because yeah. I'm, I'm usually uh, my, my 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 nature is usually very compassionate and very soft mm-hmm. and then um i i understand also where to put those boundaries down i'm quite direct in my in the way i approach things and so that's i find it's well received you know i mean they still they still see me, so <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> they still they still want to meet me. So I'm, I'm guessing that that's 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 what it is. But my perception is that, you know, lighthearted and you know we'll we'll chat about some stuff and relaxed and until it needs to be. And so there's yeah, a certain amount of relationship building and softness that is required. I think. Yeah, but I think and the boundaries confession. is important. It's too. so like, important.
0: I, I don't think, uh, and I don't even mean just for you. No, I mean for I think mm-hmm. children like anybody. They, mm-hmm. It's not exciting to interact with somebody that has that's a total pushover
1: no i i personally think that they're looking for the boundary they're looking for where the structure is they're looking to see what's your outline so the reason why children or youth or anybody or humans in general like adults will push is because they want to see where's your spot where you're going to say no yeah right and we want to find that so we know where to play (laughs) yeah we want to find that with a human to know Okay, this is and that's a respectable thing Mm -hmm. if you see in another that they have a boundary you're more likely to respect them than to be, like, whatever, right? Yeah. And so we're learning throughout our lives of, of how it is that we want to be loved or respected or what, whatever it may be. I w- want to say loved more than respected because, I don't know, respect is a one of those ones. But loved, you know, how do I want to be received? How do I want to be, Um. yeah, what's okay with me, what's not okay with me? Yeah. You know, and really not just be, like, um, that other it's not okay with that other worker that you do that so it can be with me no you got to make your you have to fit figure out what it is that works for you yeah you know what are, what is your personal boundaries of
0: yeah i feel like boundaries gets a bad rap like i don't mm-hmm. the name the word sounds very new agey yeah but it's something i've recently i mean the last couple of years done some thinking about and you know i've certainly been guilty and i see this a lot with other people as you you let somebody cross those boundaries. Not that you'd even have articulated them to yourself, but you let somebody cross them and then they cross them and they just kind of pushing it a little bit. And then you flip out on them mm-hmm. and you're like, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. And that's not really fair to them because they didn't realize they were transgressing this boundary that you hadn't even articulated to yourself. Yeah. I think like knowing those yourself and being firm.
1: Mm-hmm. And, and I personally find that those, those, the two things you're talking about takes practice. um so so putting a boundary down for me has been usually excruciating (laughs) yeah it's painful and i don't like it and um i have lots of like i had lots of things around it you know and it would make me a certain person that i didn't want to be and because you have an idea of how you desire to be and it's just like well how you how you desire to be versus who you are two very different things and Mm -hmm. you can't get upset about it if you're getting upset about something that means it's a boundary yeah. So you have to figure out what your boundary is by some trial and errors. Yeah. You know. So it takes a bit of practice this boundary thing. <laughs> yeah. And then to implement it, you know, and 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 know that it's not going to always be received with a big smile and, okay, that was your boundary. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Awesome. No, it's not going to always be received like yeah. that. That means a lot of end in and like temporary end in relationships perhaps or yeah because you there has you know, to
0: be if you really mean. No, there has to be consequences, or yeah. people will just keep pushing past, right? Exactly, and yeah.
1: and the consequences are where um, that the, you figure out what your boundary was, right? Like mm-hmm. if you understood that was it, and that's that's it for you, then and it's ended a relationship, for instance, or it's changed a relationship, then you've you've now figured out, okay, this is this is what's so it was a very important thing to me then. Yeah, And how do you determine that?
0: yeah Yeah. i guess mostly through experience through experience experience. yeah
1: and that's that's been it's been a journey but i i find that it's a very valuable tool with working with youth um but working i mean just interacting with other people in my life Mm -hmm. you know um and yeah and how to still be like not have your heart get all hard (laughs) you know still have a soft heart but have like boundaries you know that's it's very interesting one that's the one that i I'd, i've struggled with too it's like you don't want to be a hard ass yeah you know you, and you don't want to just be like this like you know just have boundaries but i'm not going to just have soft heart it's like no you got to still like love and like have compassion and like connect deeply and you know be around other humans but you need to have these boundaries and so yeah. or you need you you there's realize n- there's nuance to it for yeah, sure. there is, yeah there is yeah. there is nuance to it for sure so it's it's fascinating i mean i
2: mm yeah mm-hmm.
0: yeah cool well that was a great talk we're almost at uh two hours perfect you want to call it a night yep okay yeah great well thanks so much for uh for coming the this was amazing
1: greg okay so good
0: yeah okay glad to have you and uh oh you know what actually before we end um you're going through a life transition right now i you should you should talk a little bit about what uh services you're offering um <laughs>
1: Um, well, hmm, I'm currently uh revamping my website, uh, cheeky Monkey caters, and um there will be some offerings on there soon um I haven't really had some time to kind of sit down and and refine the details, but something exciting hopefully okay. yeah,
0: okay, cool okay um well maybe uh maybe we can wait to release this until that's done, okay. And I'll, I'll put the link in their description. Okay, sounds good. Okay, Okay. awesome. Thanks, Alicia. Thanks, Greg. Alicia is heading to work in Costa Rica over the winter. But when she returns, she will be operating her catering business full-time. She specializes in supporting retreats with delicious and nourishing meals. Reach out to Alicia on Instagram or via her website, CheekyMonkeyCaters.com. Seeing how long overdue the second episode is, I want to get started on the third right away. Uh, I've got a couple ideas, but I would love any local Victoria guest suggestions. Hit me up at contrapodcastgmail.com, and I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Alicia. Thanks for listening.